Are you fearful for the safety of you and your children this Halloween? Are you worried that people are going to put ketamine in the candy they hand out? Are you concerned that this pagan religious practice has ingrained itself into too holy, ingrained, ingrained itself too holy into our Christian society for us to find salvation? I have a second grade reading level. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Go listen to the music of the real TNT and get wicked this Halloween. Sue woo. Let's hit it. <laughs> Hell yeah. It is Thursday night. You know what that music means. It is time for the Open Micers Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm Jacob Craig. Jacob, please, please introduce our guest tonight who is sitting there with the the greatest mask I've ever seen. Yes, that (laughs) mask is iconic on the local rap scene. We are joined by local horrorcore rapper, The Real TNT. TNT, how you doing, man? What's up, world? I'm doing fine, man. Glad to be here. It's an honor to be on the show, man. I thank y'all for this opportunity. Oh, thank you, Hell man. yeah, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Please describe horrorcore rap for me, because I did not even know this was a genre until you, you were supposed <laughs> to be on the show, and it sounds like something that's totally up my alley. Okay, well, it originally started off as just, like, gangster rap down south. But since we're in the Bible Belt, they always call it that devil shit. So <laughs> it went from being called devil shit to being called horrorcore because most of the artists sampled horror movie themes and made it into their beats for music. That's so that's cool. where the whole term comes from. And it's basically just getting on the microphone and saying the most outlandish, horrific <laughs> shit that you can say <laughs> without having any repercussions for it. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I've had the, you know, opportunity to see you a couple times we've done a couple shows together and every time i see you it's fucking entertaining like you cannot say that what you do is not high quality fucking entertainment like i really dig what you do uh you know and i think it's similar to comedy in a way it's like you say this outlandish stuff for entertainment purposes and you're absolutely untouchable because it's for entertainment and everyone knows that, you know, yeah. you're not entirely serious. Yeah. <laughs> but some people really take it serious. Like when I first started doing it, I had a whole bunch of people like afraid to even approach me to even ask me <laughs> what the music meant because they thought that I was really into the things that I'm rapping about. It's like, no, it's just me basically putting a horror movie on wax. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Kind of like Rob Zombie a little bit, if Rob Zombie was a rapper. Exactly. I wish I'd have known you four so I, years ago. I would have definitely had you on the soundtrack from Monsters Anonymous, man. It's not like it would have been a match made in heaven. Oh, yeah. Fuck, hit the sequel. Yeah, no yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Give me $30,000 and I'll, I'll do the second one. All right, let's start a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, go, let's, let's get the GoFundMe going. So you, have you been able to but do I, any shows during uh, the whole lockdown, or has it been all... Have you been doing any, like, online shows or anything? No, everything has went to shit as far yeah. as the entertainment style. Like, you got to find a <laughs> venue that's not scared to yeah. be in fine to do a show at down here. Yeah. And, like, all the places in the Midwest, like, when they hit me up, it's, like, too short for notice. Like, man, I, I have a 9 to 5. I'm not just 
a rapper making money off of my music. I have an actual job, so I need at least two weeks' notice before I can just take off and go do a show. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I would have been all for it. So do you have... Right, a, yeah, I mean... Um, is, you, is your stuff available on, uh, like, Spotify and things like that? I, I saw you had a band camp. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to put that link in the show notes when we end here tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm available on all platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Google Play. Uh, Napster is still around. It surprised the hell out of me when I got an alert saying I'm on Napster now. <laughs> <laughs> Deezer, whatever the hell Deezer is. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. I know what I'm listening to tomorrow while I'm at work. Hell yeah. So how did you get started um, doing horrorcore rap locally? Like, take us through a little timeline from, you know, where you, where you started to where you are now. Okay, so when I was around about 9 or 10 years old, I wasn't really into okay. rap back then because, like, rap that was out back then, it was either booty-shaking music or hip-hop, to the hip that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it ain't nothing special. And then, like, I was listening to Two Live Crew. It used to come, Two Live Crew used to come on the radio back in the day. Imagine that. And I was singing along to the song, and then all of a sudden, I just feel a smack upside my head. And I look around, it's my grandma. She's like wailing on me. Don't you dare sing that song. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what the hell? Why am I getting beat for singing a song that's on the radio? So I get around my sister's baby daddy at the time, and, uh, and I asked him because he always played like two live crew and other stuff in his car. And he was like, what song was you singing? And I explained it to him. It was a song called Do I Did It by two live crew. Go look that up if you want to take a trip down memory lane. Oh, I remember. But the lyric that I was singing was, uh, it was a part where he said, in between her legs, there was a big wet spot singing do I did it, did it, dumb, did it, <laughs> And that's when I got smacked upside the head. So when I told him that, he was like, Boy, you don't know what you were just um, singing, do you? I was like, no. I'm nine years old. I don't know anything about sex and stuff. And then when he explained to me that I was talking about a woman's vagina getting wet, I was like, okay, now I'm curious to see what the hell else Two Live Crew raps about. <laughs> so I originally got into hip hop because of Two Live Crew and how uh, nasty they was in their music. They talked about sex 24-7. And then after getting into Two Live Crew, that's when I found out about NWA because Two Live Crew had a beef with NWA back in the day. So it just basically me jumped from that platform music to NWA. And then I found out that we had our own brand of rappers in the South, the Ghetto Boys and Gangsta Nip. And Gangsta Nip was the one who started the hardcore thing in Texas. He had an album come out back in the day called South Park Psycho. And I listened to that from front to back. And I started going to the bus stop repeating those songs and people were like, man, what the hell are you rapping? It's like, it's gangsta nip, blah, blah, blah. And soon I just started freestyling my own lyrics and that's how I got into hip hop. And it went from me freestyling lyrics to battling people. And from battling people, I wanted to start taking it serious and do my own thing. And that was around the time when 3-6 Mafia first came on the scene. Mm -hmm. And my uncle used to be a truck driver and you couldn't get 3-6 Mafia in Hattiesburg back in the day. If you couldn't special order it, it wasn't available because it was banned. So hmm. he used to bring me all the underground tapes from Memphis and stuff, and I studied it like it was homework and started developing my own styles off of the music that they created, and that's how TNT was born. That's pretty sweet. Did you ever know uh, David Banner? 
No, I seen him live in concert twice when he first started blowing up and he was on the whole anti-mainstream music thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget he was performing at a club called Hi-Hat 2000 in Hattiesburg and he got on stage and he was like, if you spent your money on Jay-Z's last album and you didn't buy a personal album from your hometown, fuck you. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it went back in the day, like when I was in the band Ferrigno, he had actually, we'd played a couple of shows with him and he asked us to be his backing band. And I was oh, all about it, but I don't know what we were going to do it, but I don't know. I don't remember exactly what happened. It kind of negotiations fell apart, I guess, but I would have been totally into that to be his backing band. Hell yeah. God, you're old. I know I'm old, dude. <laughs> hey, I'm old too, man. I'm turning 38 next month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like that's like half of Jason's age. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because I'm 43, and uh, yeah, I remember when Two Live Crew was out. Me and my brother had uh, the the tape when I was a kid, and we used to sneak and listen to it. And I was like, it was great because we knew we weren't supposed to be listening to it. And, yes. uh, you know, then they got, that was around the time that they got arrested in Florida for, for performing the album and all that stuff. And man, I remember that was a huge, huge uproar back then. Yeah. And like, you, you look at it now, it's kind of tame, <laughs> like looking back now, but you know, at the time that was, holy crap, that was, that <laughs> ruffled everybody's feathers back then. Yep, yeah, that's the reason why they got to put parental advisory on everything now. Yep. <laughs> hey, that's how you know what to buy and what not to buy. Exactly. If it doesn't have one of those stickers on it, I'm not going to fucking get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I remember, man, like, that's the best music to listen to is, like, the music that no one wants you to listen to. Yeah. Because I remember when I was, like, maybe nine or ten years old, uh... Me and my brother got in trouble because my brother snuck a Tupac album into the house and he was letting me listen to Tupac. And my mom's like super chill. Like, my mom's the most chill person ever. I've been listening to Green Day since I was in her womb. And I'm like, why the fuck can I listen to all this and not Tupac? You know what's funny? When you say you back when you were 10 years old, that was like 2010. (laughs) It was 2010, (laughs) goddammit. He found, um, he was working uh, with my mom at a thrift store. Tupac had been dead for 16 store. years at that point. <laughs> Look, it's true. It's too, but but that's my point. It's it's far too you know far along for this to still be happening. Yeah, like yeah. let the let the little white boys listen to the fucking Tupac album, please. It's the South, but man. The, what what do you? The main expect? problem was that that we stole it. So. Ah. <laughs> we stole it out of a storage unit, which I think is what Tupac would have wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of drew <laughs> you to the whole like horror aspect of everything? Like I love horror movies too. I'm a I'm a huge fan of horror movies, especially old horror movies. Um like all going all the way back to the, you know, black and white universal monsters and especially like the the slasher films of the 70s and 80s. Like that's my genre and that that seems like where where your stuff would be coming from is that era. Uh, yeah, you gotta blame that on my aunt Angela Thomas. She was like, when I was born, she was still in middle school, and like when she used to babysit me back in the day, she had like one Disney movie and the rest of them be horror flicks, and like the whole weekend we'll be watching horror movies without my mom's or my grandma's knowledge. 
and it just stuck with me. I became a horror freak because of her. <laughs> and then when I found out that rappers were actually taking horror uh, theme music and making songs out of it, I was like, I want to try that. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say I think the first horror-themed rap song was probably uh, Nightmare on My Street by uh, um, Fresh Prince. Do you guys remember that song? He, he rapped about yeah. uh, Freddy Krueger. I was all about that song when I was a kid. <laughs> I loved that song so much. And it sounds like, you know, you you kind of had, uh, you know, my aunt was, um, me and my brother and my aunt all grew up like we were brother and sister because we lived next door to one another. And she was 10 years older than me. So she would always take me to the movies when I was a kid. And she would take me to horror movies like uh, um, Friday the 13th movies. And she took me to see Gremlins when I was way too young to see that movie. And it fucked me up till I was like 13. I had to sleep with the lights on. But I don't know what happened. But I just, I love horror movies. And I would be, like, I'd never even thought to like, you know, when I was younger, I should have mixed horror with music. Like, I don't know why I didn't, like, put those two things together. Yeah. Yeah, you probably like horror so much because you look like you belong in a horror movie. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, is there, like, a particular movie or, like, movie score or something that's, you know, kind of influenced you in your musical journey? Hmm. Because, I mean, honestly, if I was a horrorcore rapper, I would be sampling the Halloween theme a lot. Yeah, that one been used so much, though, so I tend to avoid yeah. that one. Um, One that really put me on the map was the theme from Saw. Mm. I reincorporated okay. that into a beat uh, for a song called Posse Up, and people used to go buck wild off that song. I was like, man... It's just something about the beat. I don't know where it came from, but it just makes me want to fuck up some shit. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, yeah, it's from Saw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm testing you to see how bucky you'll get. <laughs> so if you had a main genre of horror, like, where where would you say most of your, uh, your influence comes from? What genre of horror? Um, I don't know if I can break it down to just one genre. I can do it by directors, like, I'm influenced by Dario Argento and Clive Barker. Mm-hmm. Who's another one that's good? John Carpenter, the whole uh, Apocalypse trilogy. He I'm did so in the glad 80s you said that. The Thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was the other one? Prince of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Those were my shit back in the day. It scared the hell out of me, but I still love them. <laughs> um, of course, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Like, horror movies wouldn't be nowhere without those two. And. George Romero, because yes. he, he transformed the whole zombie um, genre. And I didn't know that right. those movies existed before him until I actually started doing some research and saw that they had zombie movies back in the black and white age, but it was like voodoo zombies, not mm-hmm. like zombies coming from the grave, dead or reanimated because of whatever. But uh, Yeah, they were George just like hypnotized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, George Romero, man. That's a huge loss for the horror and Industry. And it's kind of an interesting yeah, story yeah. too when when they made that movie um you know he worked for like a local tv station in pittsburgh so he got like all his friends that he worked with to to help make that movie and then he he fucked up when they finally got it together he didn't put the copyright number 
on the film itself. So that's why um, anybody can just show that movie nowadays there because there there's no wow. copyright on it and he couldn't make he couldn't make money off of it because he forgot to put the copyright number on i was like i'm i am going to make damn sure everything i do has a copyright on it at, after yep. that hearing that story and because of that they was able to make a return of the living dead without him mm-hmm. and yeah. i actually like that movie i really yeah. like that movie if you had a favorite zombie movie what would your favorite zombie movie be? Favorite zombie movie? I would have to say 28 Days Later because it changed it to Running mm, Zombies. Yeah. And that scared the hell out of me because you see me, I'm fat. Yeah. If we have Running <laughs> oh, Zombies, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking doomed. If I can't get into a vehicle and drive off, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> Look, I am 100% with you. What scared the shit out of me was World War Z. Yeah. <laughs> those fuckers, they're faster than a normal human. Yeah, like, and they climb over each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like, the entire movie is like, Brad Pitt doesn't kill a single fucking zombie. I think he kills like one zombie. And it's like him like tying magazines to his fucking arms so he doesn't die. It's yeah. like, man, if I have to tape magazines to myself, I'm just gonna go, guys. <laughs> what about you, Jacob? What's your favorite zombie movie? Oh, fuck, dude. That's so hard, honestly. Um... I know it's not a zombie movie, but I, I really love The Walking Dead a lot. Uh, like the first five seasons. Yeah. Uh, after that, it gets a little, you know, repetitive. Yeah. But um, I don't know, man. My favorite zombie movie probably uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. You know, I'm gonna. I was gonna. That's actually probably the one that I. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't want to say it's my favorite, but that's the one I gravitate to. The most, mm-hmm. because I love the original Dawn of the Dead, um, you know, the George Romero, but it was still the, you know, the, the, the slow moving zombies. And I love right. Night of the Living Dead. I love, you know, all the George Romero movies, but the older you get, the stupider they become because it's just kind of like, you know, a, a slow zombie comes after you. All you have to do is just go. And move over, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they exactly, can't get yeah. you. But you, you know, the dawn of the dead—that was, that was before twenty eight days later, wasn't it? Because that, uh, I, um, I think that was the first no, time yeah, I think... that they did the running zombies, and it was like, holy shit, these dudes are cr- are crazy. So if I'm not mistaken, I think twenty eight days later was like two thousand three and Dawn of the Dead was like two thousand five. I think so. But I can Google it real quick. Yeah. To, I, whichever uh, one was sure. first, it was like it just changed the whole like put the genre on its head because wasn't really much more you could do with, you know, the slow moving zombies. But yeah. then once those bastards start running, right. that's it. <laughs> like <ugh. laughs> Yeah. So, 28 Days Later was 2003, and uh, Dawn of the Dead was 2004. Okay, yeah. So, I knew they were pretty close together. Actually, yeah. honestly, Donna... I, I like 28 Weeks Later more than 28 Days <laughs> Later myself. I've never seen it, actually. Really? You need to see yeah, it I've on seen... that. Dude, uh, I took a class in college called Film as Literature, mm-hmm. where instead of reading books, we watch movies and analyze them. And 28 Days Later was one of the movies that we watched. Like, that movie's being taught in schools right now. Yeah. It's super wow. fucking dope. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's the first time I saw that movie. So I really want to see the sequel. Yeah, you should. It's 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 just as good, if not better, than the first one. Yeah. Dude, off topic, but fucking 30 Days of Night scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I like that movie, yeah, too. <laughs> that movie was refreshing because it made the vampire scary again and not just twinkle Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, dude. And, like, I've thought about moving to Alaska a lot because I like it cold and yeah. there's a lot of money to be made over there if you're a teacher, which I'm going to school for. But 30 days of night, like, I'm not going to live through that month, man. I'm going to be shitting myself every single day. <laughs> I don't see how they can keep up with time when it's, like, dark 24-7. Like, that would mess with my psyche. <laughs> I'll go uh, there is one, uh, that one movie, um, crap, what was the name? It had um, Robin Williams in it and... Uh, Bicentennial Man. With, no, not that. <laughs> Robin Williams <laughs> and um, Scarface. What, uh, what, what's Scarface's real name? Al Pacino. Name? Al Pacino. And um, is, it one hour, is it One Hour Photo or something like that? One Hour Photo. Al Pacino wasn't in One Hour Photo. It was one of those movies where uh, Robin Williams was a serial killer and Al Pacino was chasing him and they were, it was set in, uh, in Alaska and he never knew what time it was. Because it was always daylight for like three months or something, like of solid daylight because the sun never set. And he got, he kind of went crazy because he was like, um, get the kids out of school, uh, you know, like because or whatever. And the lady was like, it's two o'clock in the morning and it was broad daylight outside. I was like, oh, that'd be wow. weird. <laughs> it's called an, it's called insomnia. Insomnia. That was it. Dude, watch that movie too. It's really good. I'm gonna check that out. I, I seen one hour photo. That was that was another crazy movie he played in. That was underrated mm -hmm. for uh, Robin Williams. Like a lot of people don't know about that movie. Yeah, dude. Coincidentally, I also watched that in my college class. They're also <laughs> teaching one hour photo in college. Wow. And it, it was yeah, it was weird, dude. Like I kind of got it until like the very end when Robin Williams like actually got like a. a I think it was like a knife or a gun or something and like started taking naked photos of pe people. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like I was kind of on your side until you did that. <laughs> like I kind of saw where you were going, you know, where you were coming from until you. Well, you had mentioned yeah. John Carpenter earlier too. John Carpenter is my absolute favorite director mm -hmm. of all time. And uh, I don't know the if you've thing, ever seen dude. Um, my favorite mo uh, horror movie by him is in the mouth of madness. Yes. That's my favorite. Crap, baby. Yes. Oh. Have you seen that, Jacob? Mm -mm. Ah, you, oh, man. You poor child. What did your parents Look, do to you? <laughs> TNT, so I have a running list of the shit that Jason tells me to watch. <laughs> because he's 23 years older than me. He's like, have you seen this? Dude, you got to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you got to watch. For, okay, this month alone, <laughs> you have to watch In the Mouth of Madness, you have to watch They Live, and then you gotta watch, um, because In the Mouth of Madness is part of the, uh, the Apocalypse trilogy, it's the last one. The first one is The Thing, okay. then there's Prince of Darkness, and then there's In the Mouth of Madness. So just watch those this month, and then, um, okay, here's the question. TNT, I gotta ask you this question, and this is gonna determine whether I shut this, uh, this, this podcast off right now. Okay. How do you feel about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch? God damn it. Um, 
Man. Uh, it's garbage. I'm sorry. Uh, this <laughs> podcast is over. Uh. It depends on what, what corner view you come from. Like, if you went into it thinking it was going to be another Jason movie, you was going to, or what, Michael Myers movie, yeah. you're going to be disappointed. But if they would have did it as a standalone film without the Halloween added on to the title, it would have been an outstanding movie because it had a good plot where these coven of witches making their own mask company to kill little kids for the Sam Hain sacrifice. That would have been awesome as a standalone title, but people went in there expecting to see another Michael Myers movie and here's <laughs> season of the witch. Yeah, but that's the thing <laughs> people company. They they screwed up because originally that was John Carpenter's plan was to make the Halloween series an anthology. Every movie anthology, was supposed yeah. to be different. So when um you know Halloween was such a success and then um I forgot which movie company it was under pretty much made him do a sequel with Michael yeah. Myers because he was so successful um you know they really didn't want to do it so they killed off Michael Myers definitively in the second movie so when they went to do the third one it was the anthology series and people hated it because it didn't have Michael Myers and, and John Carpenter's like, you know, Michael Myers is dead. <laughs> like, There's no <laughs> way he could survive what they did to him in the second movie. And yeah. I, I kind of agree, you know, if they would have just called it something else or if they would have had better marketing for it to say, look, this is a Halloween anthology series. Maybe it would have been a little better, but because it has that Halloween tag on it, it gets way more hate than it deserves. It's actually my favorite Halloween movie, honestly, even though it it doesn't have anything to do with Michael Myers, I prefer it out of all the Halloween movies. Like, I love the first one, but it started the genre, and honestly, not a lot happens in that movie. If you go back and watch the original Halloween, that is a slow burn of a movie until the last ten minutes. I just watch it for Jamie Lee Curtis's fat booty. Yeah. Well, you need to watch, uh, if you really want to see Jamie Lee Curtis, you need to watch uh, Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. I've seen Trading Places. I don't don't recall that, though. Was Jamie Lee Curtis even in it? Yeah, she was, uh, she became uh, Dan Aykroyd's girlfriend in the movie. She was a a hooker that took him in after Mm. he lost all his money. And she flashes okay. her boobs in the movie, and you're like, oh! That was the first time I ever saw boobs when uh. I was a kid. <laughs> oh, man. That was the funny thing about the 80s and 90s. Like, whenever a, a female celebrity would finally show her boobs on camera, it was like an event. Yeah. Oh, she went topless in this movie. Dude, they what? showed... I gotta see it. The 80s was the boobs decade, man. Dude, they had boobs in PG movies back then. Yep. It's true. I miss the 80s. That's- <laughs> me and my homie Chris I, Jones was talking about this the other day like the horror movies that come out now where the big titty women at like they don't have big titty anymore like at least the first victim used to be like a big titty blonde and you see her shirt get ripped while she's getting stabbed up but no yeah. it's too PC now <laughs> yeah, what do you so what do you what yeah. do you think about horror movies today I just I like a lot of stuff that's come out like I really like the show Scream Queens because it I, I'm a big comedy horror fan. Like one of my favorite movies is Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness, that type of stuff. Um, but what do you think about horror movies like within the last 
10 to 15 years. You know, like, what do you think about newer horror movies? Within the last 10 to 15 years, the newer horror movies, like, if you're trying to find anything good, you have to actually go look for it. Like, it's not out in the theaters, yeah. uh, except for, like, a few of them that's done by independent studios. But the rest of them I find by accident, seeing a post about it, saying how good it is, and I'll go research it and see if it's on Netflix or Hulu. Like, streaming services done took over the horror genre, so if your mm-hmm. movie ain't popping on a streaming service, it's probably crap. Because, dude, I'm Absolutely. telling you, once uh, Mandalorian's over with, I'm I'm going to get rid of Disney Plus and get a subscription to Shudder. Because yeah. I, 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 I love Joe Bob. Dude, I can't believe I haven't done it before now. I loved Joe Bob Briggs back in the 90s for uh, Monster Vision. Like, that's how I found all of the horror movies that I love was because of Joe Bob Briggs, you know, back in the day. And I, you know, I don't really like the uh, the big mainstream horror movies nowadays, like Insidious and all that type of stuff. I mean, they're okay, but you talking about the Huggathon movies? Yeah, <laughs> like chasing them for a whole hour acting like they're gonna hug them. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. something about the the horror movies out now just kind of don't have the same heart that they used to have. Even though they were sick and disgusting and gross back in the eighties, they had like. A, a, a weird kind of heart behind them, you know? Yeah. And like people yeah. loved going to see a Friday the 13th movie because they wanted to see Jason fuck some people up, you know? And they, you know, they went to see, uh, you know, Halloween movies because of Michael Myers. I don't feel like there's no more like real slashers anymore. Yeah. Ha- Even the Halloween remake they did. I mean, it, it got a lot of good praise because of the plot and what they did with it. Yeah. But, is it scary? No. It's not no. fucking scary. Nope. Like, I don't remember the last movie I saw where I was actually scared. Because, like, The Conjuring, Annabelle, Insidious, the yeah. Poltergeist remake, it's all fucking garbage. Like, <laughs> it just is. I mean, you, 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 you get a jump scare that you're not expecting. And you're like, ooh, jump scare. Dude. But I'm not fucking scared. I'm not going to go home and think about that jump scare. Dude, I'll tell yeah. you what. Uh, last was it last Halloween or um, I watched uh, uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first time mm. since I was like ten years old, and I didn't really remember too much from Damn. it. I watched it like last Halloween, and it fucked me up for like a week, man, dude. I was having nightmares about being chased by Leatherface through the woods. Like, there's just something visceral about that movie. That just messed me up, dude. I don't know about you guys. If you've seen it recently, but that movie, damn. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of those movies from the 80s and 90s, when you return back to them, like, I I think it's because they actually use practical effects and not CG. Yeah. It sticks with you because it actually looks like somebody's getting fucked up in those movies. (laughs) You can't really tell it's a rubber head unless you, like, watch the the behind-the-scenes footage of the movie. But if you actually, like, watch it as it happens, it looks like somebody's actually getting decapitated in those movies. Oh, dude, speaking of that, there's one scene. If you go back and watch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 1974 Toby Hooper Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's a scene where the dude goes into the house, I guess, looking for the 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 people, you know, his girlfriend or whatever. And, you know, there's that metal sliding door that, you yeah. know, uh, uh, Leatherface comes out from. 
and the dude is in the doorway and Leatherface comes out and hits that dude over the head with like a a mallet and the dude just drops and hits the floor and it looks like he really hit the shit out of him and just drag them in and slams the door. Dude, that part haunts me to this day. Go watch that scene and it's like, it's like you're watching a snuff film. Like, I don't know how they did some of those effects back in the day, unless they really fucked somebody up, you know, hitting them in the head and shit. And now I'm craving some chili. Yeah. (laughs) Get some of those uh, human hot dog chunks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like the uh, the remake too that they did. I think it was one with Je- uh, Jessica Beale, or is it Jennifer Beale or Jessica Beale? Which one is Jessica which? Beale? Yeah, Jessica Beale, or one that was like two thousand four. I really like that one. But then you go back and you watch that. the original, and it's man, it's on another level of creepiness. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a huge missing part of movies these days because they do it on TV all the time, like. TV does not have a huge CGI budget, so they use FX makeup. Like on The Walking Dead, they use FX makeup for almost all of their zombies, unless they have some kind of a ridiculous stunt that they're doing. Um, That's Greg Nicotero, I mean, man, dude. That dude's that dude. Oh yeah, oof, man, he's good. Does makeup and yeah, he directs. He's a legend. Yeah, he's a dude. I'd love to meet that dude someday. Me too, man. Uh, but yeah, that that's what's missing from movies that makes it fucking scary. Because you see obvious ghost CGI, and even if you don't, you know, immediately pick up on it, you're not scared because it's CGI. Like, you know, deep down. <laughs> but, I mean, you see the blood and the guts and the gore, like a Tarantino film. Like, if you use Tarantino FX in horror movies, it would be so much scarier. Yeah. Uh, something that really scares me now is uh, I get scared more from thrillers than actual horror movies. Like uh, the movie Split actually scared me a little bit. That was yeah, a good movie. Because, yeah. I mean, it's just a psycho guy that's, you know, kidnapping two girls. And I have a daughter now, so it's like I'm not worried about being kidnapped, but I'm worried about, you know, my family being kidnapped. So this yeah. guy's kidnapping yeah. young girls. And then just tortures them and holds them, and they think they can escape, and they can't. And then he just turns into this beast, and they explain it like using realistic science and shit. And it's like, God damn, that is scary. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, <laughs> can't tell. We love horror movies here <laughs> at the. Oh uh, yeah. At the Open Micers podcast, but I definitely want to listen to some of your stuff. I am going to go on a deep dive tomorrow on Spotify. And listen to everything, and uh, I, I I love your whole aesthetic. Like as soon as I saw the mask, I'm like, "Yep, I'm listening to this dude's stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bro, that's the most white girl compliment ever. I love your aesthetic, dude. I, <laughs> you want to go get mocha cappuccinos together, dude? Aesthetic. I use that word because it's the only way I can describe things. Like when you watch a John Carpenter movie, is there's a certain aesthetic to it. That there's like yeah. this underlying creepiness to everything, you know. Like I have, that's the only word I can use to describe it. Like you don't, you can't describe it unless you 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 know, see it or feel it. That's why I love John Carpenter movies so much, especially in the Mouth of Madness. It's just there's something underlying that's uneasy about the whole thing, and that's the kind of horror that I like. You know, when you yeah. just you feel like 
some weird shits happening, and, and I love it. I wish okay, I could write. So that bring, you wish you could rap? No, I said I wish I could write that kind of stuff. Like I can write funny shit all day, but when I've tried to write horror movies before, and I'm just not. I don't. I don't have the the mind to be able to to write horror. And I don't know why, yeah. even though I love it. I don't know. But that that uh, reminded me of a question. Uh, TNT, what kind of aesthetic do you use at your shows to uh, try to kind of scare people and drive the horror aspect home? Um, Besides wearing this mask, sometimes <laughs> I bring my own fake blood and spit it out on stage. Mm. There you go. You should uh, there you, go. you should take a look at a Guar concert and get some ideas and and start building some props <laughs> to I, put I on stage. I used to watch their shows and be like, yeah, I want to do some shit like that. Have yeah. like pyrotechnics and blood squirting everywhere. <laughs> Just out of my budget right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, what are your plans for Halloween? You got anything uh, big planned? Um, nothing big because I can't, like I said, can't get a venue to be brave enough to let me rent their place out for Halloween because of the pandemic. Right. I got to stand that. I don't want anybody getting sick on my behalf. I want all my people that support me to be safe and make it past 2020. Um, but other than that, I plan on releasing some music for Halloween. Just the okay. Fans going. Awesome. And uh, will people be able to find that on your band camp? Bandcamp, Spotify, wherever you can press play it. Awesome. So you guys need to look out for Halloween for some new real TNT. And hopefully once the uh, the pandemic is over with, we can do the open micers. Uh, maybe we'll do a concert series and have a show uh, somewhere yeah. around. Yeah. And we'll have a lot of our musical guests that we've had on. We'll just have one big concert, maybe at the juke joint yeah, or dude. something, do like an all day thing. That's been an idea that we've been kicking around for a while is um, having uh, doing like a live stream of a comedy show or a concert or something like that uh, where we, uh, you know, show all the performances and maybe afterwards uh, interview some of the uh, the performers. We could actually seriously make that happen at the juke joint because I got permission for us to uh, record upstairs because no one's living there anymore. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we could like actually... Per, you know, record performances, go upstairs and do a podcast from there. Well, we could do that, and we could use my uh, my laptop, and we could just uh, um, stream the whole thing to uh, to my Twitch channel, maybe to Facebook. I think that would be absolutely awesome. Um, and TNT, it was so nice to meet you, man. I'm so glad got to meet you. And like I said, I'm going to listen to all your stuff tomorrow, and uh, we we'll definitely want to have you back on the show again. Um, cause I like talking about horror movies. I really oh, yeah. like it. <laughs> Anytime, man. I appreciate this. Of course, uh, man. Is there anything you want to say before we get out? Man, y'all just be safe out there and treat everybody like you want to be treated, man. One love to all. Absolutely. What about you, Jacob? Absolutely. Anything you, uh, you want to throw out there before we leave? Hmm. Just that you guys need to support our Patreon, please. If you want to keep seeing this great content, if you want to keep seeing the local musicians and comedians and people that, you know, need to be given a platform that aren't 
given a platform yet, then you should support our show. We are at OM Podcast on Patreon. And if you want to be on the show, just email us, man, at openmicrospodcast at gmail.com. And uh, for the Halloween season, I am a part of the RGB High Score Tournament for this month, and we're going to be streaming uh, Castlevania all next week. It's going to be like 25 different players trying to get the fastest time in the original Castlevania for NES. My uh, time slot will be um, Friday, October 16th, 8 to 10 p.m. So uh, join me right here on this Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash jfunktastic. And uh, thank you, TNT, again for uh, coming on the show. And uh, I'm going to play our music here. Uh, like Jacob said, if you want to email us, email us at openmicerspodcast at gmail.com. We're at openmikers on Twitter and facebook.com slash openmikers. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.